And good morning. It is 9.35. Joining me now, my good friend, Master Gardener, Ms. Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, good morning, Karen. What a beautiful morning it is, if you don't have to drive. Right. <laughs> but it's, it, you know, uh, really the good news, I've been thinking about this uh, ever since I returned from Georgia, and I've been thinking, you know, COVID, well, it's devastating, and it has taken the lives of many people, and people have lost their jobs. But there are a few uh, good things that have happened as a result of that, at least in my life. It has slowed us down, and it's given us time to uh, reflect and to think and to appreciate where we're at in our lives and what we have. So the good news is... uh, it's, it's, you know, we just want to give thanks and just say, you know, this is great. We were watching um, uh, three squirrels in our feeder that was intended for the Blue Jays, and we have these either four or five Blue Jays that come, and they're they so interesting. Do you know the Blue Jays, when they take one of these peanuts that's in the shell, they don't sit there and eat it. They fly just a little ways away from that, and they bury it in the snow. (laughs) And then the squirrels, who are so clever and have such a great sense of smell, they go behind them and dig them out. Oh, jeez. Isn't that interesting, the way nature does that? Well, So so you're telling me that the poor blue blue jays aren't getting their food then? They aren't. And if they would just not be so greedy, (laughs) if they would just sit on a branch and eat it, they would be much better off than saving it for later because... In our yard with the squirrels, that as clever as they are, uh, they come behind them. And, you know, squirrels have this amazing sense of smell, and that's how they find things that they bury. So, uh, yeah, the blue jays are losing out. Well, you know, I have a cat that does a weird thing. She, uh, We have wet cat food and or even dry cat food. She'll go to the, the food bowl, and she'll take a chunk out, and then she'll walk somewhere else in the house and set it down and eat it there. I guess it's, I don't know if it's an instinctual animal thing to try and protect it, but, mm-hmm. I mean, she mm-hmm. doesn't leave it there. She actually eats it there. So it's maybe there's something that animals just do, I guess. Okay, so, you know, the two Shih Tzus that my daughter has, yes. Bella, the little girl, They both have their bowls, and and the food is put in there. Bella has to take hers out of the bowl. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, and and, and bring it someplace and sit by herself and eat. Okay, that's my cat. So I guess maybe it's it's something they do. They just, maybe they don't want to be social with their food, I guess. Yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. Or maybe uh, this need, you know, uh, I'm going to protect Protect it, yes. Now, sometimes... If she's, it must depend on how hungry she is. There are sometimes when you put the food down, she puts her nose in that bowl, and and she will eat it there. But she will stop eating and she will circle the bowl. <laughs> she'll circle and go on the other side and take a look around, and then she'll go have a few more bites and then circle again. So, but Bentley, the little boy, the male, um, he puts his nose in that bowl and he just inhales his food. Absolutely <laughs> inhales it. So, um, yeah, interesting. Hey, you know what? When I was doing this uh, uh, relaxing and thinking and writing at home and reading and doing things, yesterday I had the urge on such a nasty day to be baking, and I took out a cookbook, 
and I had a favorite family recipe for for a coffee cake, and I thought, oh gosh, you know, this I I don't have exactly the fruit that this calls for, but I went down to my freezer, and um, I found I, I have raspberries, I have strawberries in there, I have yesterberries, and I made this absolutely great coffee cake with these raspberries, and and I thought. You know, isn't it amazing how simple it is for some of these fruits and things to grow them here and uh, to store them for future use? And, And what a great feeling that is in the middle of the winter when it's cold and you're expecting a storm to know that you are stocked up with We're just like the Blue Jays. (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are exactly. So... Uh, this is a good time to do things like that. It's also a good time. I placed my first seed order yesterday. This is much ahead of schedule for me. Okay. Normally, I procrastinate and wait and see if there's more seed catalogs and run around to the stores and see what they're offering. But Barb, I thought, you can't do that because a lot of times they'll run out. Of, yeah. of the seed, they run out of stock of things. So I've learned that if there's something you really, really want, you should do it early. But do you know I kind of made a big mistake in doing that, I just realized? Okay, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, so they're, they're in the Burpee Seed Catalog. They had these really great-looking spaghetti squash. They're called Hasta La Pasta, and I showed you them, and they're really a bright yeah. orange and just beautiful. Uh, one one of the fruits of the spaghetti squash is enough to feed a family, you know, So it's and they're smaller plants so they don't take as much space which of course is is a good thing for me with not as much space but they were 6.95 for a package of 25 seeds and I thought well I'm going to order them and then when I looked they were out of stock and I was so disappointed so I put up you know you can put in email me when if this comes back in stock and lo and behold it did and I said I better order right now so I did well this past weekend my husband and I went to a big box store and of course I had to go to the seed section because they have a lot of seeds out now and they had this uh, same, it was from Burpees, they were same same company, uh, except they said 40% off. And I thought, oh, well, I wonder if they have these. I'm sure they don't because I, I was convinced that they were rare and only in the catalog. Well, guess what? They had plenty of Hasta La Pasta seeds, and I could have got them. Instead, I paid six ninety five with the, the 40% off in the store and then another 15% off because this particular store had the put the bag sale. I could have probably got them for uh, $2.50. And so I was kicking myself thinking, man, I was, you know, so you got to really watch out. I guess that's the lesson I learned. Yeah. You know, Karen, when I was going through my seed catalogs, and sometimes we just, order things and do the same thing we keep repeating what we've done and one of the things i i like i like onions i like leeks i like shallots that whole family because those things will store uh really well for me the leeks not as long but but like you know i'm still using onions that i that from those 200 that i raised this summer and so i found a um uh in one of my seed catalogs seeds for uh, shallots. And you know, we both said, my gosh, they are so expensive when you buy the bulbs and you plant them in the spring. Well, here there were these shallots, and they're an heirloom variety, and sometimes they were called uh, banana shallot because they're a little bit longer than those short ones that we normally think mm-hmm. of. But they're great for storage, and they, they say that they're most preferred by gourmet cooks. 
And right away I thought of Jeff, and I thought, <laughs> well, now here's something Karen and I can share, because I have to order 100 seeds of these. And so if you would like, um, I will share those with you, and I will start uh, the shallot seeds for you, and then when they're, it's appropriate to put them out, um, uh, I'll get them to you, and then Jeff can can be the um, gourmet cook. That well, you know, cook. often you can get the shallots and leeks and onions in sets, so you buy them when they're somebody else has already grown them, and then you put them in the ground, and that's how I've always done it. So the fact you're starting by seeds means you must be having to start them fairly early because they take I quite do. a <laughs> long time to mature. Is that isn't that yeah. correct? So. Um, uh, uh, the date of maturity, it takes 100 days. Oh, that's so long, So I'm yeah. ordering my seeds now, and I will start them um, probably in uh, the end of March. And uh, you can get them out a little earlier than normal. And so I'll once I get them growing, I'll put them into my greenhouse, and then from the greenhouse we'll get them into the garden. And if we think it's still too cold out, we can put down some black plastic and warm up the soil where we want to plant them. But, you know, it's it's an experiment, and with 100 seeds, uh, we'll have several seasons that we can, that well, we can fool around with. This you know, our friend Harvey, he starts onions from seed, and I, I always that marveled at that because it's just something I've never, ever thought of doing because of the extra work it takes because I just yes. get the, the starts, what I call them, the starts at the, at the nursery, the local nursery, just to you know, get them going and stuff. But so you'll have to see how that goes. And I'll have to give you some of my, in exchange, some of my expensive hosta la pasta seeds that you could get a lot cheaper somewhere else. But you know, hey, <laughs> we all learn. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's, you know, it's, it's great to share seeds with oh. somebody because uh, just as a gardener, we're not selling at the farmer's market or anything. We don't want mass quantities of anything. But right. yet we want to continually try and, uh, push our abilities so that we can be more independent. And I think this is, this is a great way starting with seeds. Now, the other thing that I ordered, well, well I ordered <clears throat> several things, but in the flowers, I have so fallen in love with zinnias, and I had them up at my uh, community garden up at Good Council, and I ordered uh, zinnias. And rather than having such a tall zinnia, I ordered a short one from the series that's called Profusion. Oh, those and, are supposed to be great, I've heard. Yes, and and I ordered it in the double dark cherry red, and then I ordered another one that's called, and this is um, in a, um, a different category, but this is a, a national winner the um, in 2018. This is an all-American selection. And, you know, we love these All-American selections so much because every state in the union participates in the trials. And so the plant is um, evaluated, and and if it's done well and there's this criteria, then it becomes an All-American selection. And you'll see these All-American selections that go back to, like, the, the Boeing or Raspberry that goes back to 1922, Ooh. and that is the number one uh, raspberry that's purchased in, in in this country today. So, so once you order something that's an all-American selection, you can be pretty sure 
that uh, it's been um, evaluated for uh, disease, its resistance to, in this case, the zinnia, its resistance to powdery mildew, uh, how, how it stands up to the winds, you know, how it stands up to the drought, and, and all of those kinds of things. So I thought this queenie lime orange zinnia. Oh, I have planted that. I like that. Did you, okay, and and you did like that one. Yeah, I did. Okay. It's it's kind of it's got the oranges and a little green in it, and then there's one called I think it's the red lime one that's got a little more reddish in it, and then there's one that's more got more of the greenies uh, green tones in it. So it's kind mm-hmm. of an interesting uh, zinnia, but zinnias are great for pollinators too. Yes, yes, exactly. So four inch blooms, and it. What I liked about this one, the very center of it is like a bright orange Mm -hmm. button that sits in there. It's so much darker than the rest of the plant. And then as the petals come out, they get a little lighter, a little lighter, and Mm -hmm. a little lighter. It's just, it's really a nice thing. And I can imagine um, doing those in flower bouquets to give to my friends. Yeah, great for cutting. Zinnias are great for cutting. And in fact, the more you cut the flowers, the more they'll keep producing. So that's why I really like them. And and they're easy to grow as well. I have tried starting them inside, Barb, to get ahead of the game, but I usually find what happens is they get kind of gangly because really mm-hmm. they're easy to, to grow and quick to sprout. So the ones I have started inside and planted outside as transplants, they actually, I think, are take so long to actually adapt and catch up to the seeds yes. that it's better just to put them in the ground when it's warm. Yeah, there are some, some things like that that you get to know after a while. Right. It's not worth trying to start them yourself inside. They just don't make that, that transition as well. So you disturb them, I suppose, and then it sets them back for a while. But the thing I like about zinnias, too, they have a nice stem on them. So they're easy to arrange in bouquets, and they hold that head because they get this nice pincushion-like head on them, and, and uh, they, they stay upright. They don't get floppy on you. Have you ever tried the Benary Giants? That's a classic, too, of the zinnias. They're very, very large. They're tall. I have done those and taken those to the fair and, and gotten awards on them because they produce such lovely, lovely flowers in many different colors. So they're Benary Giants, and the, the flowers are four to five inches across, and they are just gorgeous. That's another one I'd recommend if you are able to have fairly tall because they get, you know, three, sure. three or four feet tall. So, yeah. yeah. You know, um, I have never seen a zinnia that was that tall until my daughter planted them in a flower bed that I started last March at her house, and they got three to four feet tall. They were just absolutely amazing. Now, I don't know if they're a hybrid, and she's a young, um, more inexperienced uh, grower of plants, and she saved seeds, so she was telling me she's going to plant those. I don't know if she'll get the same results because I suspect that they must have been uh, a hybrid, Mm. and she might get just really mixed results, and she might even get something that's not resistant to to powdery mildew. And in the south, they have a lot of that because the humidity rate. Even at night, the humidity is high, very, very high. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, It's something to think about. But most, when you order from a catalog, and like an all-American selection, 
or uh, proven winners, um, they're excellent. If they tell you that they're resistant to a disease, they're resistant to a disease. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, and you want to a lot of times look for that sort of thing, because I was looking at green beans, trying some different green bean, but looking for some of the diseases. If they're disease-resistant, that's really important, because you can get rust or, or uh, mosaic, uh, all those different things. And if they're in our area, you just never know, because we, if we have a, a damp year, you can get certain things more uh, that, that are more... Uh, kill your yeah. plants or blights or things like that. So that's one thing to also look for on, on your packages is, is if they're resistant to certain diseases. And, you know, with, with these different seeds that come, and there are so many seeds in the packet, uh, it's really important not to uh, plant the whole packet <laughs> at one time. Oh, but my. Just stagger them, right, so you don't have this, all of a sudden, what am I going to do with all these green beans? Because they all came came in at the same time and then you pick them and then they're gone well same so, with peas peas are like that too i like to stagger them because i love to have peas but uh so you you start i i actually started uh snow the uh, peas in the winter planting where you actually plant them when there's still snow outside you yeah. put them in a little milk carton and i did that this past year so i had early sprouting peas and then when it got warmer i had those up and then i planted some more so i had a longer season of peas but you can do that it's called um, the, the winter planting and it's an interesting uh, concept you can't do with all seeds, but some of them you can do that. I, I think that's great, and I think, you know, you're sort of pushing the envelope for all of these things. Now, the I love radishes, and, and I love the radishes that I grow, and I've found two varieties that have been just exceptionally good. One is called the French breakfast. It takes 25 days. It's more of an elongated one. It's not a, not like a like a, a round marble would be like that. It's elongated. But it doesn't have any problems with uh, 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 rooting uh, with maggots or anything like that. It's just really great. But here again, um, you have to spend some time spacing them out because if, even if they grow well for if you've got them too crowded, you don't get this beautiful long, and it's tender, and it's, I should say it's crispy, and it's mild. It's not too strong. And then along with that one, Cherry Bell is the opposite. It is round like a, like a big marble would be. It's 25 days, too. And it is, um, and both of these are all Americans, and it was, this one was uh, designated in 1949 as an all-American selection. Just absolutely great it's it's um if you're going to do some kind of a relish tray or something you've got this beautiful bright red uh uh vegetable on there it's just it it looks lovely it tastes lovely it is lovely so but again put part of your scenes down one week wait a week and then add a few more and a few more and if you can bear to do this if you do get them too crowded it is better to when they're very young, when they're first coming up, to pluck out every other one or so, mm-hmm. so that they have plenty of room to grow. Because believe me, they're going to need the space. Right, and a lot of times you can eat those greens when they're when they're young and tender. Yeah, probably so. But um, <clears throat> I must have grown up without greens in my <laughs> diet, other than lettuce. Okay, and um, it, and I find so many of those things to be 
so incredibly strong. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It seems like you ought to be able to leach out some of that peppery taste of the leaf. So I, I, I don't do that. But I am trying different kinds of lettuces this year, and um, I did order some. I'm looking for a lettuce that kind of forms a head, and that once I cut that head off to eat that, that it will get something that will follow. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something like that rather than um, the lettuce that I've grown before. Uh, it grows up, and then you just pluck out the root and the whole thing, and then you're done. And all of a sudden, you don't have any more lettuce. I like something that's more... Um, continuous, you know. Well, you know, when I do the the square foot garden style, I put some different type of vegetable in each square foot. So when my lettuce is gone, I'll have something next to it, like a tomato or something that fills in the space when something else is gone. So that's how I kind of do it. So uh, I know that eventually the other one will need that space. So it's kind of a great way to do it is that square foot way is because you really don't waste any space and you continue to have uh, your your vegetables. So so it's just something worth looking at. And if you want to read up more on the square uh, square foot garden method it's where there's something different in each square foot of your garden the mel bartholomew has an excellent excellent book and he's the one who started that whole i, I guess the whole process the whole uh, method and he's uh, even got a foundation he's passed on now but uh, they it's a great foundation and a great way to garden that i've found for small space and a lot of people are wanting to garden that might be the way you want to do it a raised bed and the square foot way is sure. um, for small uh, and, spaces. It's a great way to do a lot of get a lot of vegetables in a small space. And if you can't put in a square foot gardening, if you don't have something permanent like raised beds, uh, and you want to grow something, start with some good sized pots. Mm-hmm. You can get them in plastic. You can get the cloth bags, and anything that's got good drainage, and buy some good soil. If you're a, a new gardener, there's nothing more important than to have. Uh, good soil. Read the label and see what's in there and know if you're starting something that's very, very light. This is usually not soil at all. It's an artificial medium. Right. And then when you move to potting, it's the second step then. And, and so after you've got your plant started, it's ready, then it goes into the potting soil. But don't try and start your seeds in your potting soil because it's too heavy for them. Right, yeah. You could even start it in things like just vermiculite, or, or but it's called Absolutely. seed starting mix. So if you go to the store and you say, oh, look at this, this looks miracle growing. It's uh, potting soil. It must be great. No, you need to find something if you're starting seeds with seed starting mix. And it's still too early to start most of your seeds. So FYI. Oh, a lot of people, I, I know I always used to get the bug about this time and want to start them early, and then I ended up with some a lot of uh, long, stocky, uh, scraggly-looking things that ended up dying anyway. So wait till sure. I'd say, March or April even. Sure. You know, uh, it's been, uh, like, um, not yesterday, but let's say Wednesday, we had sunshine, and we had such beautiful mm-hmm. sunshine, and it was in the 70s in my greenhouse. So I was out there. I am organizing my garden tools. I am cleaning out the drawers that I have there where I have extra things in. Um, I am restacking my uh, clay pots and my plastic pots, and I'm sorting them by sizes. So I'm trying to contain this urge to want to plant something. (laughs) Yes. 
by by prepping things, getting things ready. So, and then also looking at seed catalogs. That is, and and I just want to say, when you start looking at a seed catalog before you start making X's that you want things, look and see how much they're going to charge you the flat rate for shipping and handling. You know, eleven ninety five if you want one package of seed. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that that is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I don't care how much you love it, not going to do it. Well, Barb, you know, I I um order put my order in with Harvey, and I think you do too, where he orders the seed, and if you order so many, you get uh, less per packet, and then it's like one um, a flat fee for shipping. So that's how we do it, and he buys a bunch for himself, his granddaughters, yeah. and me, and whoever else, and then that way we save a lot of money that way, and it's... Um, yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, you got to you really got to look at that the cost benefit yeah. to cost ratio. Yes. And you know when you're ordering roots, something or it's going to come in a 4-inch pot, you want to be sure and have this conversation with them and find out exactly what month are you sending that. I don't want this coming so late and I don't want this coming so early. Tell me when I can expect to get this and then I'm going to hold you to that date. Because uh, it's not good to have something that comes bare root, comes too early, and is maybe breaking dormancy. That's not good. That sets it back to it should come, and it should be dormant, and it should go right into your garden that's been prepared for you and that the soil is warm enough for it. Absolutely. Say, Barb, we are out of time, but I know that you you got some more time to sit down and look at those catalogs and dream like <laughs> I've been doing. That's what we're going to do. Uh, thank you for joining me, and we'll be back again with you next week. Thank you, Karen, and thanks to all of our listeners, too. We really enjoy knowing that they're out there. Thank you, okay. Barb. Take care. Yeah, bye-bye. Yep, bye-bye. It is one minute past 10, and you are listening to A Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato, in KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin.